Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Susan Beyer. She is the founder of Audience Audit and today we're going to talk about Research, you know, kind of like going to the dentist for most people, I guess. Oh, thanks um, a lot. <laughs> so, Susan, <laughs> thanks for joining me. But uh, all kidding aside, I do think people, marketers in particular, certainly business owners, hear the term research and they think, oh, great, this is going to be expensive and I'm not going to know what to do with it. So, yeah. uh, so, so how do you react to that sort of overarching feeling out there? So I think it's um, warranted. In a lot of cases, I mean, we've all had bad experience with research. And, um, you know, for me, a lot of those bad experiences came from doing a bunch of research that didn't end up being helpful. Um, I think a lot of researchers aren't marketing people. And a lot of marketing people aren't researchers. And so you end up with this gap in between, right, where there's just um, not good communication when the research is being developed about you know, what's needed when it comes out the other end and not great understanding on a lot of the recipients about what it's telling you. So it ends up, um, I call it the dusty binder syndrome, you yeah, know, yeah, it ends yeah. up just sitting on a shelf and it, and it never gets used. Um, and when I started audience audit, that was one of the things that I was hoping to address with folks because research is important. Yeah. So, so what, what's been missing or what don't we understand um, in the research that we're doing that, that you've kind of brought to light to make this? Because I do, I totally agree with you. I mean, if no matter what you're doing, even a marketing plan, if, you, if it's not applicable day to day in a living sort of thing, yep. then it's not going to be used very much. So, so what are you bringing to your, your brand, so to speak, of research that is, uh, that's making this more uh, practical? Yep. So my gripe about a lot of the research done for marketing um, is really twofold. Number one is uh, a lot of it's done um, based on things like demographics, which simply aren't usually helpful for marketing. They're just, you know, I mean, you can look at age and income all day long, and I can tell you from all of the projects that we've done at Audience Audit, there's probably 0.1% of of them that have shown a correlation between demographics and the reasons people are doing things, the problems they are trying to solve and the kind of help that they're, that they need. They're just not related. So a lot of marketing research, gives you tons of information about who people are in terms of what they look like, or maybe the actions they're taking on a website, click here or whatever, but it's not telling you why they're doing that. And that is the fundamental marketing question that we have to answer to be relevant. Yeah, so I've said all along that if you can identify that behavior that yeah. uh, that that signifies, and sometimes it's really hard. Like for example, um, a behavior that for me, a, a small business marketing consulting client, somebody who really invests in their industry, under, you know, really wants the you know continuing education, really uh, loves professional service providers to to help you know advise them. Um, and and those are all great to categorize, but sometimes one of the challenges you have is you know how do you identify people that 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 that's their problem or that's their behavior? Right. So you're exactly right, and and you see people all the time who are buying the same thing as somebody else, but they're buying it for really different reasons. You know, and it's understanding those reasons that is so fundamental. And you know, it's the difference between um, hunting and fishing. If you understand why somebody is looking for help, the problem that they are experiencing, that they are trying to solve, then you can put out the right bait and they will find you. 
You know, if you if you tell them that, hey, I solved this problem, um, they will find you. And if you understand where they are looking for help and are there offering it, they will find you. And, you know, working with this kind of information is a little different from a marketing standpoint, but it's much more effective than just blasting your stuff out. You know, you can imagine, I'm sure, John, getting an email that says, hey, male 25 to 49. You know, that's not compelling. That's not helpful. That doesn't speak to you. Well, I'd, I'd love it since I'm 56. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe you would like it. <laughs> you know, but that kind of thing is what a lot of people are doing. They're just blasting out sure. a message with no sense of, um, of it being relevant to the people who really need it. And, and part of the challenge I find um, in, trying to, in trying to locate people is they don't always know what the solution is for them. They may have a completely skewed idea of what would help them. Um, and so focusing on the problem allows you to introduce a solution that they may not even have considered, but might actually be the best thing for them. Well, so let me back up a minute. You mentioned this idea that people who maybe look the same demographically buy for very different reasons. So yep. are you suggesting then that a strategy might be to say, okay, figure out what those different reasons are and address all of them? Or are you suggesting, hey, we are uniquely suited to solve you know, the reason that this person buys and we need to narrow our focus on them. So I'm a huge fan of a narrow focus. Um, it, it is transformative, I find, especially in small businesses, to pick something. My argument is don't make your focus be a particular industry vertical, a particular prospect age or income level. Make your focus be the problems. And it doesn't, you know, you can solve a few different problems that people have. I use this example of a candle company who's selling candles and they have people buying them because they smell really good and that's really important. They have people buying them because they're great for decorating when folks come over. They have people buying them because they want to give a really impressive gift uh, that looks expensive, right? Mm -hmm. This single candle company can solve all of those different problems, but they need to speak to each of those people differently about the solution that they're offering because the scent people probably don't care about the gift giving value of this because it's for them right and the decorative people may actually be a little turned off by the scent message because they are worried about it conflicting with all the other stuff they have going on or the roast they're making uh, for dinner when they entertain. So it's, you know, focus is really important. You don't have to solve every problem out there. And I would argue that it's a mistake to try to do that. But you should focus on specific problems that you can solve better than anybody else. Can you give me an example of maybe somebody you've worked with uh, where you discovered something really big, a behavior or a problem or a reason for buying that led them to, to make a pretty significant shift in their business? Yeah, so one example, um, I did a study with an agency um, called Idea Agency out in Massachusetts for Tufts University, Mm -hmm. and they were working on engagement programs for their alumni, and they wanted to do a new event for alumni, and so we did some research and found some really different reasons that Tufts alumni were engaged with the school. Some of them were, you know, just love Tufts, go jumbos, and were wearing their sweatshirts on the weekends and coming back for football games, and just really liked being part of that community and had fond memories of it from when they were there. Some folks Folks were really interested in the um, alumni network that Tufts has and, and how that could benefit their business. And we found this group of people who 
are leaders in their own industry now, having left Tufts and sort of carried on with their career, and believe they have a lot to offer Tufts in terms of advice and recommendations to help Tufts be successful in the future. And that is why they want to engage with Tufts. They want to speak to Tufts leadership and advise them and help Tufts be successful based on the expertise that they've developed over the years. So Tufts decided to build an event for that particular group, that sort of advisor group. Um, and they did like a two-day, people had to pay to attend, um, a, a two-day event at the campus. But the entire program was focused around things that those people are interested in. So, for example, they got a sneak peek at the Tufts five-year plan and then got to talk to Tufts leadership about that plan and their feedback and their thoughts. Um, and it was tremendously successful for Tufts. The, they had, um, I think, double the enrollment for that program that they uh, thought they would have. And when they did it the second year, they had so many people that they had to add, add another building location. Um, and the engagement of the people who attended with the school increased dramatically, like 25%. So they, they realized that there's this community that's already engaging with them, but that has a very specific interest behind that. And all they did was engaged with them on that basis. Mm -hmm. And it was tremendously successful and something that they're continuing to carry forward now. So I know your background is with uh, very large organizations and you help a lot of agencies and large organizations, but what about that small business that maybe they don't have an agency, but it's certainly important for them to understand segmentation and the reasons it, why people buy. I mean, what, what, uh, what would be an approach uh, that, that might work for somebody that who's, who's in that situation where they're saying, well, I, don't, I either don't have the funds or you know, the current resource, but I, but I do need to know this stuff to be a better marketer. Yeah, it's so important, and I'm one of those people, right? My business is a small business. I have large clients and small clients, but, um, but I'm exactly in that space. And, and so I actually have a program for small business owners called Audience Access that helps them figure out their ideal audiences based on the problems that they're experiencing for themselves, right? We can't all work with an agency all the time, especially when we're smaller, newer, whatever, don't have those resources. Um, and I would argue that this is a skill every small business owner needs to have, is assessing their opportunity and picking the audiences that are best for them. I really want small business owners to find audiences that love them for who they are and what they do and what they charge and how they do it and all of those things so that every prospect is the right prospect. And the owner ends up spending 100% of their time doing work they really love doing instead of work that comes in the door, which is where a lot of us start. You know, when I started Audience Audit, you know, it was like, I'll, I'll do any work for anybody, right? Well, I mean, a lot of us have had that experience <laughs> sure. when, we, when we start out. But it's not, it's not a good basis for building a business. You end up doing a lot of work that you don't like to do or you're not very good at, you end up with referrals that aren't really appropriate for you. And you just sort of, you know, you don't have a great marketing message. You're like, I'm a marketing person. Well, there are 14,000 people in your zip code who are saying exactly the same thing. It's not differentiating. It's not helpful for driving your business. Yeah, I, I often tell people as they're getting started, you know, we, we all preach this, you know, find your ideal client. Well, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> so, you know, because I'm just trying to figure out if anybody wants what I have. And I think that, right. and I think a lot of times um, it is an evolution. 
evolutionary process. Uh, that in some ways you discover who you want to work with by discovering who you don't want to work with. Absolutely, and, and that continues. I mean, I yeah. don't. I would argue that doesn't stop, I which do. is why I think the discipline to know how to evaluate that and assess it as you go is so critical. It is not a one-time thing, um, and I find that a lot of small business owners this really can, this really frustrates them. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them aren't marketers. And even the ones who are marketers, this sort of how do I find my ideal audience thing is really confusing. And I think a lot of them are resorting to, okay, it's men ages X right. to X or, or, you know, whatever with household income. But then finding that that's not very helpful yeah. from a marketing standpoint. It's like pounding a square peg into a round hole. So I teach an approach which focuses on the problems that folks are trying to solve, what you want out of your business, and where those two connect. And how to really like step by step walk through this for yourself and learn how to do this on an ongoing basis. So that when somebody, you know, when you decide you're ready to work with an agency or a web designer or whatever and they say, okay, who are we targeting? You can tell them. You actually have something to show them that they can work with. To help you engage with those with those audiences. Yeah, that's, that's such a great point too, because a lot of people, you know, even when they start the idea of working with an agency, they they feel like, okay, now I can abdicate, you know, my marketing. I don't, you know, I don't have to worry about it anymore. And I think that that even if you're buying a service like SEO or pay per click, if you don't understand enough about what it means to your business and how to communicate, you know, uh, in a way that somebody can help you, I mean, you can't effectively buy a service. And I, no. I, I, well, that's the thing. And everybody's out there complaining about how they need to optimize this or maximize mm-hmm. this or do this and spending a ton of money on these tactics. Mm-hmm. And and if they simply understood more about the ideal audiences and what would be relevant to them and what those folks are looking for and the kinds of language they're using, all of those efforts will be so much more successful and so much more economically viable than they are if you're just, you know, shooting out to the world some message and hoping it's going to land on somebody's ear that, that, that finds it relevant. And, you know, I work with agencies all the time on audience audit. That is my client base is agencies and their clients. And agencies are great at what they do. But if you come in and say, I don't have the slightest idea what I need to go after, they have a ton of work to do to get you to where they can start helping you. And that work is time-consuming, and it is expensive Mm -hmm. for you. And if you can do some of this work on your own and hand it to them, you'll be amazed at what they can do with it, with their expertise. You know, and that is true whether it's an SEO person, a content person, a marketing person, a web developer, a graphic designer. It doesn't matter. If you can come in armed with a really good sense of the problems that your organization solves and who has those problems and kind of where they're looking for help, it's amazing what those experts can do with that information. There are two areas in particular that I think are are often overlooked when it comes to this idea of marketing strategy, uh, which I feel like this ideal client falls very firmly in developing your marketing strategy. Yeah, you bet. The first one is culture. Um, and, and I think that um, I think a lot of organizations define an ideal client that may or may not be a good fit for the culture of that organization, or you at bet. least trying to serve. Do 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 you take that somehow into consideration of oh, you know, yes. the entire recipe, and and how how do you do that? It is so important. So so the audience access program starts with what do you want. 
Like, what do you want out of your business? What do you want it to be like? Because if you are violently opposed to wearing pantyhose, you're going to end up with a problem if all of your prospects are, you know, blue suit corporate folks that expect to see you in their office in a suit and pumps every day. That's a problem for you. And, and my argument is that is never going to give you a business that you're going to enjoy working in. And you and I both know how many small businesses are abandoned by their owners because they're not happy. It's not working. You know, it's yeah. a tremendous amount of work to have your own business. So, <laughs> yes. you know, it, it, and so you got to love it. You got to really like the people that you're working with, the people that you're serving. You, that's important. So that's where my whole program starts. What do you want? Yeah. And then how can we look at the problems you could solve and assess the communities that have those problems and bump them up against that question of what do you want and what don't you want so that you are making smart choices for your business? You know, one example is RFPs. I used to write RFPs when I was in corporate, and it was miserable on that end. It's even worse on the receiving end of RFPs. And I decided years ago that I was not going to participate in the RFP process for a variety of reasons. Well, I would have a real issue if I was going after corporate clients that required RFPs. Government. Right. What are you going to do? Like, that's that's a mistake. So I want to head that kind of issue off at the pass because – as a small business owner, you do not have time to waste on the wrong prospects. It is incredibly time-consuming to cultivate a prospect, right, and then only find out that something about how you do your work right. um, makes them, you know, not able to work with you. That is a, just a huge waste of time. Or vice versa, you don't want them. And so we want to get the right folks into your pipeline so that every Every person you're talking to is a good candidate for you. But you can't – that's not going to magically happen. You have to tell people who you want or yeah, you're going to get and, an- and, and I think that's the really hard part for a lot of people because, of course, you are, by virtue of doing that, telling people who you don't want. But I think yeah. that's the bullet you have to bite. I know it's even just from a very practical standpoint on your website, you have that a reference to the fact that I don't do RFPs. So if yep. you know, somebody comes there and says, oh, that's the only way we do business, you're probably not going to – you are probably not going to get that call, but you've already said you don't want that call. I don't want that call. Right. And, and that's what's hard. I mean, a lot of small business owners are really afraid of focus. Yep. But I think when they understand that the people that they will be avoiding are the ones that they don't want, mm-hmm. it they start to see it a little differently. And the reality is, if you're an organization that looks at my website and sees what I do want to work with, the people I do want to work with and the people I don't, and you're one of the people that I want to work with, I look even better to you, right, right, right. than yeah. somebody who's got a very general thing because I'm like, oh, geez, you've, you're for me. Yep. You've built what you do for me, and that is very compelling. So, yeah, so I see no very downside. Profitable. Very profitable it's, as well. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary, but it is tremendously important. Okay, so I talked about the touchy-feely culture people. I gave them yep. something. Now let's go to the hard analytical people. Yep. Um, how do you tie this type of research to metrics right out of the chute? So on the audience audit side of the business, where we're doing quantitative attitudinal segmentation research, we are um, surveying large groups of people and finding out sort of the populations that exist within them based on their attitudes and how they feel about things. Once you've done that from a statistically viable standpoint, you know those are the buckets that exist for your business, and you can start targeting folks and your content and your 
landing pages and your lead magnets and all of that kind of stuff based on that. And you can even ask people. You can be like, which one of these sounds most like you? And you've got a presumptive segment for them and you start delivering content relevant to them. And then you can watch your metrics by segment and start to see what's happening. So, Susan, where can we find uh, information about uh, obviously, audience. I think it's audienceaudit.com, but particularly yep. um, some small business owners may be very interested in the audience access approach. Yeah, so audience access, A-X-I-S um, dot com has the program for small business owners. And, um, you know, some information on there. It's an online course and, and um, you know, it's new. We're just, uh, we're just starting it this year. So excited about where that'll go and curious to hear what people think of it for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks, Susan, for joining us. Really, really important topic, uh, making it uh, hopefully useful and practical for just about anybody. So talking with Susan Beyer with AudienceAudit.com. So, Susan, thanks. Maybe we'll see you out there on the road. In fact, I know we <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. It was a great pleasure. 